The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast presented by GD4GD. I'm Jacob. Alongside me, as always, Tate. What's up? And Sage. Yep. Whoa, you're coming through strong now. <laughs> Too strong? Maybe turn that down just a little bit. God. Just barely. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're having some audio issues, but I think we got it all figured out. I think out. we're. This solid is like a now. theme of the remote podcast. How's everybody doing today? Doing swell. I'm fine. I've been extremely busy today, so I'm annoyed that I haven't eaten yet. Wow. Late dinner. Haven't eaten since 11, 1045. Are you bulimic? No, I've been busy and working. I had some taco soup. Were, were we all sharing? Or... <laughs> yeah. What did you have for dinner today, Tate? Spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um. All right. My pick. Yeah, let's let's just get into your pick. I, I feel like we're kind of all over the place right now, but let's 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 get into your pick. Ah ha ha! Not so fast. Um, I totally forgot to do the ad. Silly me. This is how we get paid, even though we don't get paid for this. Um, this is my first of two interludes. You'll hear me back again on a separate uh, later on. Um, so here it is. We are brought to you by GD4GD, so head on over to GD4GD.com and buy some dope gear because $10 of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which is currently No Barriers. No Barriers is an organization based on hope, optimism, and resiliency for the future. Their framework teaches step-by-step how to break through your own challenges and live a driven, purposeful life. Despite the barriers, both big and small, that each of us face, we can learn how to push past them, reconnect with our purpose, and unleash the best in ourselves and others. Let's get on to Tate's pick. My, is it uh, going to be depressing like last time? Nope. My pick is should be somewhat predictable. It's the second Linklater oh, film right. in the trilogy. I don't know if I'm going to ever pick it. You're going to pick it that soon? What? Yeah. I mean, you're going to pick it back to back? Well, Let's go. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like we've seen. Uh, it's not back to back. We've seen several movies in between. For me, it's back to back. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see this one, mostly hell? because it was the first one that I saw. So it was my original pick. Um, and I have heard I that this one sense. is better, barely, than the first one, which I feel like is rare for movies that have sequels. Um, but I don't think I'll ever pick the third one. I've heard the really bad reviews about the third one. So I think this will be um, the last one of this Link Later Before trilogy. Um, but yeah, we're going to be watching Before Sunrise. That's it, right? Before Sunset. Before nope. Sunset. That was the name of the... Oh, shit. You're right. No. Damn it. Yeah, the first one was Before Sunrise. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Before Sunset. That's what we're watching. Um, Same cast. Same people. They actually credited Ethan Hawke and whatever her name is, Julia Delpy. Julie Delpy. Delpy. Julie Delpy. Yep. I added a few extra vowels in there. Um, They added her and him as credit for writing, and they actually, I think, won um, an Oscar for writing for this one, so... 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited, but I don't, I, I don't know. Or anything. at least nominated. They were nominated because if you remember, oh no, no, they won. Um, that I don't think they won. I think they did. No, wasn't the Aviator? I I remember that Eternal Sunshine won Best Original. No, maybe that's not right. Okay, writing adapted screenplay Sideways won. Before Sunset, Finding Neverland, Million Dollar Baby. And the motorcycle diaries were all nominated. Damn it! All right. Well, I was hoping that they won. This. And it, Eternal Sunshine won original screenplay. Yeah. Okay. I do remember seeing that. Um, all right. Well, I um, am excited. I'm excited to see this couple back together again. Clearly, they didn't meet at the train stop. Whatever. Six years later, or whatever this was, because this this movie was made in 2004. First one was made in 1995. So. At least the movie is nine years later. We'll see what they do with the story. But I'm also we can probably get into this at the on the other side. Um, why was this adapted screenplay? Not I have original no idea. Screenplay? Maybe it Just is because it's a sequel. On, doesn't is it based on a book or something? I don't think not so. according to IMDb. I don't know. What we if can, a gift before sunrise? I don't even remember. Man, we are really just all over the place today. Let me let me tell you. Um, I think you gave it a seventy, if I remember correctly, but I'll tell you for sure. Um, Oof, let's that was see. a little stiff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gave it a seventy. I gave it an eighty-five, and Tate gave it a ninety. You give all of my movies stiff scores. I mean, there was a lot of talking. That's why I'm not particularly excited like for it. this one. I can't wait. Um, I also did find out recently that Linklater is a fellow Austinite, so he's kind of a big deal down here in Austin mm-hmm. um, because he's done a bunch and of small stays movies. And confused being set in yep. Austin. Yeah, and, I, and I even even before all those, like I guess he made a ton of small little films just around in the mm-hmm. Austin area. Um, and so, yeah, oh. down here he's pretty big. He's he's kind of he's kind of a little local celeb. This is totally off topic, but I would like to give a shout out to. Uh, our friends over at the Deuce Cast Movie Show, they are having their 500th episode celebration three days ago when, you hear, when you're hearing this podcast. Um, they're going to be live on YouTube on Friday the 24th. So like I said, a few days ago, um, but their episode will be coming out on Wednesday, 500th episode. I'm going to be on there. They're going to have a bunch of people on there. It's going to be a real party. Hello, everybody. What's happening right now? As you can tell, We were very scatterbrained for the intro of this podcast. Quick interlude here. Um, You can actually find the DeuceCasts episode. While we were live on YouTube, we went for about three hours on Friday. You can, on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, so two days from now, if you're hearing this on day of release, just search DeuceCast in your podcatcher of choice, and you should be able to find it. It's an awesome listen. Like I said, we went for about three hours. It might be broken up into two parts. It was a lot of fun. Or you can go back on YouTube and just search DeuceCast there, and you can actually watch us do the thing. Um, if you don't know what my face looks like, you can see what my face looks like. I wore three different outfits throughout the thing when I was popping on in and out. It was a lot of fun. Back to the episode. So yeah, just a big shout-out to the DeuceCast for hitting 500 episodes. That's amazing. It's pretty big. Imagine, imagine where yeah. we'll be with 500 movies under our belt. I know. It's going to be crazy. Um, yeah, so if you want to hear more of my voice, feel free to check us out. That episode will drop on Wednesday, most likely. 
500 is a lot. It's a lot. Are we sure we're going to get there? We're at like 50. Yeah, but that's like doing it 10 more times or nine more times. What? Holy shit. All right. Should we just do this thing? Yep. Okay. Quick synopsis of this movie. Pretty much the same as the first, but nine years after Jesse and Celine first met, they they encounter each other again on the French leg of Jesse's book tour. So it's a little different, but chance encounter. And it is streaming on Amazon Prime, it looks like. No, it's not streaming for free anywhere. Not streaming, I meant, for rent on Amazon Prime. (laughs) (laughs) And also for rent on Apple TV. So pick your poison on which company you want to fund with your $3. We'll see you on the other side. So listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. What? Come on, it'll be fun. All right. Think of it like this. Um, uh, Jump ahead. 10, 20 years. And you're married. Only your marriage doesn't have that same energy that it used to have. You start to think about all those guys you've met in your life and what might have happened if you picked up with one of them. Let me get my back. Nine years ago, two strangers met by chance and spent a night in Vienna that ended before sunrise. They're about to meet for the first time since. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I, I can't believe you're here. Well, I live here in Paris. I wanted to talk to you for so long, you know, that now... Yeah, me too. How long do we have? 20 minutes and 30 seconds? Let's go. (laughs) We got more than that. Now they have one afternoon to find out if they belong together. I remember that night better than I do entire years. Do I look any different? I do. I'd have to see you naked. What? No! Come here, come here. Let's get on that boat. Come on, it'll be fun. You don't have time. Oh, God, why don't we exchange phone numbers and stuff? Why don't we do that? Past is the past. It was meant to be that way. What? You really believe that? I have these dreams. I'm in the car, and a buddy of mine is driving me downtown, and I'm staring out the window, and I think I see you. What does it mean, the right man? The love of your life? The concept is absurd. The idea that we can only be complete with another person is evil, right? I'm just happy to see you, even if you've become an angry, manic-depressive activist. I still like you. I still enjoy being around you. If somebody were to touch me, I would dissolve into molecules. I want to see if you stay together or if you dissolve into molecules. How am I doing? What if you had a second chance with the one that got away before sunset? All right, uh, quite the amount of dialogue in this movie, I would say. Sage, thoughts? So much talking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I couldn't believe it after the first one. I figured yeah. this would be really action-packed. <laughs> Literally not a single scene of silence. In the, I No, when you were walking up the stairs, it was quiet. It we was quite, quite quiet. Quite quiet. It was a good like minute and a half. When they were walking up what stairs? The staircase at the very end. I think they tried to kind of recreate that that scene in the photo booth because, like, she kind of looks at him, but he's kind of like looking up the staircase, and like it goes on for quite a long time. But it was the only quiet scene. They they were talking literally the entire movie. It was just so much. I just okay, but did you enjoy it? No, actually, I enjoyed the dialogue a lot less. 
this movie than the last movie. Really? All Completely right. agree. Jay, it was like, agree? hey, let's mm-hmm. talk about a subject. Oh, um, well, I can't talk about that subject anymore. You want to talk about sex? Ha, <laughs> let's talk about sex for five minutes. Okay, let's talk about this subject. Oh, you know what's related to that subject? Sex. And then- Lots of sex. Lots of sex talk. And it also felt to me like these conversations they were having worked a lot better when they were younger. It doesn't work as well when they're nine years later being grizzled and through the world. <laughs> Okay, really quick More point. chiseled than grizzled. Yeah, really quick Both point. of them thinned out a lot in this movie from the yes. last. Both, both uh, Ethan. Ethan Hawke, uh, not great teeth. Yeah. Thank you. No, well, his yeah. teeth got worse. A he lot looked a worse. lot worse. She looked and very her similar. Her teeth were a lot better. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. She, to me, like looked like almost the exact same, maybe a little skinnier, like he said. But he looked a lot skinnier and a lot older. I thought that was pretty funny. That was one of the notes I had is... Um, when he asked, when she asked that question and she was like, be honest, I was just like, wow, well, she should be honest and be like, you look like shit. You have terrible teeth and that is a very ugly shirt. But to your point earlier, um, yes, I, I did dislike the amount of times that they, the conversation would kind of go back to just like sex talk. Um, I think we're overplaying how much they talked about sex compared to other topics because I made a lot of notes on mm-hmm. other topics that I actually really enjoyed. Um, but I don't know if we are overplaying it. They talked about we sex are not we never, overplaying well, it. It was like 40, 60, 40% sex talk, mm-hmm. maybe even 50, 50. It was, no, it, it was, it was well, somewhere between 30 you, and 40. Are sex. You, it really was. Yeah. Are you considering it really the, was. Okay. As far as like serious conversation though, aside from the little one-off kind of jokes that they tried to make to lighten the mood. Cause like literally every time yeah, they tried see, to make those I, I, jokes. I didn't take them necessarily as jokes to lighten the mood. I, I think that's what they were trying to do, but really deep down they, they meant it as let's have sex. I think Ethan Hawke really meant it that way. That's like the point of it. I don't know. He, she it, did too. I don't think she really did that badly. I don't know. It, anywho. She um, was saying how she was. Yeah. That's crazy opinion. Well, this I, was very, the last one, I think that opinion. Though, I don't think takes sex away. got brought up until basically they were like in the park. Like I don't. Yeah, it was definitely much more getting to know you. This one was like, hey, remember nine years ago when we had sex? You want to have sex again? <laughs> yeah, that was like but pretty much the dialogue. Point. No, they're OK. I think that, though, discredits a lot of the other really good dialogue that was in this movie. Um because I made notes on a couple of the other conversations that they had. Um, a couple of the ones that I made notes on was the conversation about desire, um, conversation about people changing, um, and then the conversation about which maybe, uh, but I don't think it was really related to sex. I think it was more related to um, dating and marriage and being alone. Um, but those were like the three main conversations that I really enjoyed. And oh, there was also the conversation about m- uh, magic and believing in magic. So there's there's like several other other conversations that I think were really good. Do you um, believe in magic? That they that wasn't sexually at all, but they did definitely. I believe in miracles. Oh my god! Way from you, sex bang. Sex bang. Guys, we need a boo button. Tate, are are you jealous of? Sage's Sage and I's new chemistry after that standalone episode. Yeah, it's in, it's intense. <laughs> you do have some good chemistry now. It's yeah, all good. You're though. officially I like it. A lone wolf, and you're more of like a. That's always always what I've wanted to be. 
otters don't want to be alone, right? You're like an otter. You're like an otter yeah. just floating around the ocean like, why I, do I have bad opinions? I don't want to call him an otter. I fucking love otters. Otters are pretty fucking dope. <laughs> but no, I, um, I did enjoy the dialogue. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first film. I think we're agreeing on that side, but um, I did still enjoy a lot of the dialogue in this movie. See, I really just didn't. Like, so, okay, one way too many times was their conversation about, even like talking about their significant others. It was like almost found, the conversation was almost founded on how their sex life is with their partners or how their sex life was with ex exes. It was like crazy how many times they were talking about sex. But outside of that, the other conversations... It was like, it would start in a decent path. Like, um, there was one, I just honestly just started tuning them out once they got to this point. It was like they would be having a genuine conversation with each other. And then it would be like a three-minute philosophical anecdote that just no one would say in a casual setting after seeing someone, after or when seeing someone after nine years and not seeing them, like, it's like Celine five times in the movie went from Celine to Socrates for three minutes, like on this philosophical monologue of the explication of why the world is fucked up or why like all these things. And then she'd be like, Oh, just kidding. You want to talk about sex again? And I'm just like, okay, this dialogue is really, really bad. Like it was for me, it was way worse than the, the first movie. At least I should say that is how, or that's what I think for all the dialogue post 20 minutes. I think the first 20 of this minutes or first 20 minutes of this movie was very promising. And I actually mm-hmm. loved it. I, I really Everything past that store terrible. Like I didn't like it at all. I totally was zoning out for the last hour and 20 or hour, hour, 50 minutes. How long was this? Oh movie? yeah. It, it, hour was under, it was under an hour and 20. Yeah. So that first 20 minutes. Great. Last 50, 55 minutes, not good. Not None of that dialogue was good for me. Huh. Yeah, I I, th- I think my biggest problem with this was it was more... It, the first movie was very conversational. They it, they, they really played off each other well. Um, this one was almost so monologue heavy where one would just go on like sage kind of said a three minute monologue and then the other one would kind of respond with another three minute monologue with a related subject but it wasn't it just wasn't as conversational as the first one which i really liked about the first one um and kind of bring saying uh, my point that i kind of made earlier is they just kind of seem too old to be having some of these same conversations um i, I think they tried to recapture maybe the same type of thing they did in the first one. And I just don't think they were able to do that. It, their conversations just felt too young to be having. I, I think there's a better way to put it, but I just can't get there in my head right now. They yeah. seemed way more natural in the first one. And this one, they seemed very unnatural, all and, conversations. And really, unfortunately, I don't think the acting was any better. If not, it was a little bit worse than the first one. It was that same student film type of stuff, but I didn't get used to it like I did in the first one. I would agree. I think that that's, I think those, I think for the most part, those are all pretty fair points. I think like acting wise, I I never even really felt like they were acting in the first one. And I think I made a note in my phone this time 
that I still don't really feel like they were really acting. I, I really do feel like I was just like spying on two people hanging out all day. Um, which I maybe, maybe that's, um, a tip of the hat to their acting, but I think that they like, they're so comfortable with each other. And, um, when I was talking to somebody about this movie, um, when it says that they co-wrote this movie kind of together, they really just kind of, I guess when they were filming it, let the conversation just flow. Like they didn't really, like they had kind of their like set script of being like, okay, this is generally what we're going to talk about. Like we're going to move from this subject to this subject but all of their like little interactions and the little dialogue throughout their entire conversations was just kind of on the fly, very um, real and very like just normal connection with each other. So I think that whether that's a, like a testament to their acting or just a testament to their um, chemistry with each other, I think either way that that was really impressive to me. But, and I think the only thing that I disagree with out of all of this, because I, I think I... I enjoyed some of their conversations, but overall, I thought that the first movie was a lot better, um, dialogue-wise. But they're the the one thing that I think I disagree with is that they're too old for these types of conversations because I think that their conversations were different than what they had earlier. Like, and in the conversation, some of about, them, but not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Um, like a lot of the. Oh well, yeah, and a lot of it they did. Like, like try and tie like, back into like the, their the three you said earlier. Yes, those were good ones, but it seems like that was kind of the only mature. Maybe that's the word I was looking for. That was those were like kind of the only mature topics they seemed to cover. Yeah, and I well, and I think that um, I think that the the scene that I really really enjoyed was the last one in the car before they got to her house, where they really spilled out all their like, especially her spilled out all of her emotions about how much. Um, damage that like night and that emotional um uh situation that they had nine years ago how much damage that did to her and her dating life um I think I made the note during that scene I was just like these are two people that know each other and their own feelings and their own emotions um about themselves really 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 well um and I think that that is really mature of them to be able to express themselves in that way because I think there's a lot of people that I don't know, give them any age, but, um, especially, I mean, it's more likely that when you're older that you're able to express who you are and what you like and what you dislike and why you act certain ways and all that. You're able to express that a lot better. Um, but so I think that they were really impressive in that last scene, at least she was in expressing who she was. And she kind of knew that that night with him years ago fucked her up as far as her dating life goes. Um, so I think that was all very mature conversations. And yeah, the one that I, the w- three that I listed earlier were going to be my, um, the bullets in my chamber for saying that they can have these types of conversations because the conversation of do people change? Like this was nine years later. I think that that's a valid conversation. Um, the one about desires and like pursuing desires versus being content and happy. Um, and then what was the other one? Oh, just the, yeah. The one about, um, dating, being a single, being alone versus being married. Um, I think that those are all conversations that you can have at any point in your life. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of in agreement with you guys on that the dialogue wasn't as good and as impressive and as I didn't like it as much as the first one. But I am still going to say that I really did enjoy the dialogue for the most part. Um.
I mean, I think you're just wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was expecting I don't know so how much else to say it. You thought so hard. <laughs> I was expecting so much more. I'm gonna, more have, to, I'm gonna have to leave so much of that pause in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really. It's just. I probably the only mature conversations to me that they had was catching up about what happened between them and then and now or like then from the first movie to this movie and that was like the first 20 minutes and then the next like 25 minutes was just garbage and then they started talking about how he was married with a kid and she uh had her relationship and then that was like mature conversation again because they were to me because it was reflecting on how they've both grown in those nine years and then it went into weird monologue territory like uh, Jacob explained better than I did. And then it went to let's have a breakdown cry fest about how this one night fucked each other up. And it was like kind of melodramatic, honestly. I don't know. I I did not like that car scene very much. I thought that that was probably more immature than any conversation in the first movie. It was, I don't know. that That doesn't have much grounding for me. Yeah, I... I did not like her scene in the car. Um, I don't know, necessarily know if it came off as immature, but I just, it, it was almost just nonsensical of blaming one night on him when she's the one that didn't show. Um, we could kind of get into that. I don't know how much more round and round we want to go on this subject. Yep. Yeah. I say let's move on to the next. Cause I think we'll, yeah, we could go round and round about this forever. Before um, we jump into that poor driver. <laughs> That driver had a rough yeah, that's a, time. That's a, <laughs> Major rough time to be a driver. Um, it was very interesting to me. And I shouldn't say surprising, but somewhat surprising that the cynic showed and the romantic didn't. Um, now, that's something I really liked, kind of like Sage and I have been talking about, about how in that in that bookstore when the people were asking questions to him about, well, did they get together? And he said, it's a good test. If you're a romantic or a cynic, if you're romantic, you think they got back together. If you're a cynic, I just thought of this, the conversations we've had multiple times. We didn't necessarily have them so much in this one about that situation, I, I guess, because we knew about this movie. We had it in um, Eternal Sunshine. But yeah, Eternal Sunshine is exactly what I thought about. Um, and I, I think, obviously, we see that change where I think he became more of the romantic and she became the cynic. Um Completely. And unfortunately, agree. I, I think that's a big thing that we missed out on this movie um, is we didn't get to see that in like every single aspect of conversation anymore. Like we did in the first one. It was just about every single conversation they had in, the, in before sunrise was about no matter what the topic was, it was framed. He's he's the cynic. She's the romantic. This one, it didn't so much seem that way. You know, it, it just kind of seemed like they were kind of throwing stuff out. And it, it just didn't seem, I don't know if planned is the right word, because you said that they didn't necessarily always stick to the script and there wasn't always a full script written. Um, and so, like, you, you kind of saw it in that kind of first conversation they had after they caught up with each other about the world's getting better or is it even worse than it ever has been? And obviously it's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> well, so... Something you said that I 100% agree with 
was in this one, they were almost until that car scene, like in complete agreement with each other. Whereas in the first one, they, it was like each of them would challenge each other on things they would say. And it kind of came from that frame of reference of one was this uh, cynic and one was the optimist. But this one, like, Celine would say something like, blah, blah, blah. And Ethan Hawke would be like, I agree. And then Ethan Hawke would be like, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, I agree. And it was like, this isn't interesting. This is this just seems like the writers are trying to make a bunch of points at the viewers. Yeah, well, I, I think that there is, I mean, who knows? Who knows what their, like, thought process is going into this? I think, like, part of my brain is like, yeah, maybe they're trying to take it like from a realistic perspective of seeing somebody after nine years and it's like you don't want to like you're almost nervous to like argue with them and irritate them because so like maybe you're just agreeing with them because you want to make sure this is a good impression. You've seen them. You haven't seen them for nine years. You want to make sure they like you anything. Like I don't know. That's one that's one place that my brain goes initially. But one thing that Jacob said, I do agree that they agreed on like everything and that was like, OK, cool. Um but I think that Jacob, what you said almost highlights why I liked that last car scene so much is because it's kind of, it was her reflection. Um, and it was when her like really cynical viewpoint of love came out. Um, and she even, she said basically what you just said. She was like, I used to be such a romantic, like I used to be a romantic. I used to like believe in these kind of things. I used to believe in love. Um, and like, I, and she's like, and it, that's what, reading your book made me so mad about was because reading like your viewpoint of me, she's like, I realized that that's who I used to be. And I'm mad and sad that I'm not that person anymore. And like, I realize now that I am, I am like a cynic on love. And so I think that's why I really liked that car scene was it was because her being very like, I mean, she, it was her understanding herself so well that she, and like, and she was not, she, and she was just, open about it she was like yeah it 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 pissed me off and like and that was just her emotion which she was really like um kind of like a roller coaster of emotions in that car ride but um i think that that's why i like that scene so much so you 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 kind of when you just said it right there i completely agree that they totally flip-flopped from the first movie which now that you say that i even i like that even kind of more is just um thinking back to the first movie this one now and some of the conversations they had in this one. So, okay. So I, I think I know why. So one, one of my favorite things about that first one, I got to, I kind of talked about how, what I like in these, what I think he did so well, Linklater did so well in that first one is you kind of understood why he was making these characters have these certain political beliefs or philosophical beliefs and stuff like that. In this one, you don't necessarily get the why until the very end of the movie. And I think if I, I think maybe a problem with this one could have been the time constraint where if they would have if you would have had them have this conversation they had in the car earlier in the movie, then we could have seen some of that dialogue between the two of them where they're hitting a bunch of these different topics where maybe instead of him having to leave that night, he has to leave the next night and you, you, you get more kind of like we did in that last one where we jump around with this one. It felt like they only spent an hour and 20 minutes together and we were with them for the entire time. And while I, I like that idea, but I just don't think he was able to pull it off. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. Like, I agree to that. And the half of their 
topics, which were pretty much all the non-sex topics, you could barely talk about that in like a three hour period of time with your buddies. And they were just like, oh, hey, let's nail all these major like talking points within 30 minutes time and just have monologues about it that will summarize everything perfectly. Well, like it was, it did not gel right at all for me. Whereas when the, in the first, so foreshadowing, I will wish I have gave before sun or sunrise a much better score than this one. Surprise, so. surprise. You wish you wouldn't have shit on a movie. Well, you just wait. <laughs> um, oh boy. Um, no, but what was what? Oh no. So one of my main counters to the whole idea of like, these aren't conversations you would have with somebody in this short amount of time. Um, basically my entire counter to that is like, imagine if you were with somebody for and you knew that you were only with this person for a given amount of time let's say it's like five or six hours or even four hours two hours 24 hours but some sort of set amount of time that was like 24 hours or less and you knew that you weren't going to see them again i think that like and it it makes me think about that conversation they had where it was like if to if we were both gonna die today which irritated me that it immediately went to sex um but where he said they're like if if were, and I, I was irritated that he took it to sex because I think she asked a very legit question um, and she wanted a legit answer. But she was just like, if we were both going to die today, what would you want to talk about? And he was just like, well, I wouldn't want to talk about my book. I wouldn't want to talk about the environment because we only have today. So I would want to talk about beliefs and your beliefs in this kind of thing. And so that, like, I think if you, and like thinking about like to my travels, like the people that I met for a day or even less, I'm kind of like the only reason I feel like those conversations like really didn't come up that much like in getting to know somebody like that quickly is because you can easily this day and age just be like, oh, yeah, let's connect on. Let's connect on. Let's grab your phone or let's connect on Instagram. Let's connect on social media and let's just like we'll continue this conversation or like we will continue this friendship or whatever. Like this won't be the last time I talk to you, Um, but it's kind of like I don't know if you knew you were going to have the last conversation ever with somebody. What would you talk about? And I think it's very realistic that they would have they, that they would bounce around between all of these philosophical discussions um, quickly. So I guess what I'm saying is that I don't see it as very unrealistic. I don't even do that with my friends of like ten years. I don't. I know. say well, you don't like talking. How's your favorite sports team you're do a, this you're, last year? Yeah, you're a you're a jabroni. <laughs> That's for crazy. Being a if I was like um, going to see major. like some of my best friends for the last day, I would like want to focus on reliving, which is probably the problem because they only had 12 hours together. So that kind of goes back to, oh, hey, this person that you barely know that you're seeing again. Hey, let's just talk about all wait, these insane wait, wait, subjects. Wait. That's Hold just up. crazy. You were saying that if you knew you were hanging out with a friend, like let's say us, right? Us three right here. And this is the last like day that we were all together. You'd be like, hey, how's your sports team doing? Oh, hey, let's just remember no, this moment we talked about. I was going to say I would want to relive like past, the past. I would want to You'd want to say, hey, through. let's remember these fun times. Yeah. Not... You wouldn't, I wouldn't wanna, want to you talk wouldn't to you about the state of the world. No, 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 no. What he wanted to talk about. <laughs> and I about, certainly though, wouldn't want to have sex with you. Oh my gosh. What Wait, the fuck? Yeah, dude, come on. This would be a bomb threesome. No, Rude. but um what he wanted to talk about was beliefs. 
So you wouldn't want to talk about that? Probably not, unless there's there wasn't bullshit. You're a no. I you're a philosophy major. I I believe Sage. I think he would he would want to just be nostalgic and talk about the things that we've done in our past. I don't for the I don't know. I guess Sage doesn't like talking about his Sage on a more friend level. He 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 never wants to have these political conversations. Well, not even political, philosophical. No, no, no. But like, I don't mean political as in like. Iraq, Afghanistan. I mean, I'm like political to me is a very deep conversation and a very important conversation to have with people that you're close to if they want to have that conversation. Um, I'm talking more beliefs. Yes, no, that, like, and, and like that, what they're that, talking that's about. That's what like I mean by your, like your belief system, not not like politics of the day, deeper than politics of the day. The actual kind of meaning of politics, the thing that like. It, it's the interaction between us and what, what drives you and what drives me is, is what I'm talking about when I say politics. Um, and typically Sage likes to stay away from that because it can get heated and it's dumb. And usually it's just bad conversations. He'd rather talk about the fun we've had more. Or like less, how right? did we get here? Right. Not why did we get here? How did we get here? Yeah. Well, and if I'm not it was our last like day that. of all time, then yeah. I'm not so even thinking like a how do we get silly. here, why do we get here? It's kind of like a where we're at and what does this mean? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Don't care. Because um, I'm not going to be here in less than 24 hours. Who the fuck? I don't give a shit. That's why that conversation's the best in that moment. No. Okay, no, no, no. okay so just a sec. You said something that about us not liking that they were having those conversations. Help me out here. My rebuttal to that was going to be well, no, I it was it was that they it was that yeah, Sage was didn't point? think that or like I think Sage said that he was like this isn't realistic that they would talk realistic, about realistic. That's right. Talk, um, types of I, things. I, I I think you misunderstood me when I I don't know if you're throwing me, lumping me in that as well, but I didn't think the conversations they were having were, was realistic. I didn't like that it was crammed down into such a small space because they weren't able to get and into that's what I said. the in depth parts of those conversations that made it so interesting in the first one because we were able to kind of go in and out and pop in when the conversation was interesting. This one, it just felt like they kind of touched it, hit the surface and bounced up and then hit another surface and to to next topic and next topic and next topic. And they didn't, we didn't get to see that interesting part of it where they were disagreeing and what made them good at good characters was that because they were able to play off each other because they almost had such opposite beliefs, but when they were so opposite, they were almost so close together that they believed the same thing, but a lot of those conversations and arguments that they would get into in the first one would be more so why do we believe, like, how did we both get to this belief? Yeah. I was like, the first one was occasionally popping into a discussion course over a semester. And then this movie was like an hour long joint lecture like this. It was, and I was just scribbling right in my notes and I was like, wait, this is a waste of my time. Whereas like last time or the last movie was, it felt much, much more natural. This one, it did not feel natural at all. See, okay. I I guess I, I just, I think I think that it felt both natural and I think that they as much, like maybe they didn't argue as much on each topic as they did in the first movie. I think that in their conversations, they did argue a little bit back and forth enough to get the topic um, across. And then I, I do agree that they did, just touch the surface a little bit more on these ones. They didn't dive as deep into some of these conversations, but I, I do think that they didn't just like say, Oh yeah, desire is a good thing to have. 
boom, done. We're good. Like they, they talked about desire and what, what desire does to a person and um, whether it's good to have desire or to not have desire and what that does to a person's happiness. Um, and then like in the, in the conversation about whether people change or not, I think like initially they were like disagreed a little bit. He was just like, he's like, no, I disagree. He's like, I think that people don't change. I've seen people that are like this and I've seen people that, and, and then they became handicapped and they were still the same person. They were just handicapped. Blah, blah blah, and then she was just like, "Well, I disagree because I actually think that I've changed a lot over the last blah blah." So I think that they did have good dialogue and arguments to their topics and conversations, but it was less of an argument and less of a debate than it was in like some of the first ones, maybe. Um, and they came to an agreement much quicker. But I think that they still had. I think they still covered the topics really well. It was just quick, quickly. To tangent away from all this dialogue, blech, already too much talking <laughs> about too much talking. Some things that this movie did really, really well. Well, the first thing that I think they did extraordinarily well was the setup for the movie. Well, um, I immediately knew Jesse showed up. When he asked the question, I was like, Jesse showed up, she didn't. And then she said she didn't, and then he said he did. And I was like, yep, that's beautiful. That fits perfectly. Yep. And that whole setup of how they got there of how he wrote the book of their story it became successful he's doing a book tour i was like oh that's i didn't know how they were going to meet again and i think that is pretty smart of how to bring it back and then i think it's even smarter for (laughs) him to have uh, a wife and a child and for her to be in a long-term relationship I thought that was also extraordinarily well done. Long distance or long term? Long term or long distance? Long term and semi long distance. Yeah. Right? Firstly, I I just didn't know which one you were going for. Which which one you meant if you meant long term? Agreed. If you meant long distance, agreed as well. I I like that she was in a longer term relationship. And I like that she ends up being in a somewhat longer distance relationship. Yes. Where it seems like she's kind of making it work. And. Maybe they yes. could have made it work. But she didn't yes. seem happy. Continue though. No. no. But I think that was all great. I yes. think literally everything was right except for the dialogue. I think the Maybe. dialogue could have been... I think they just fell into the trap of trying to redo the dialogue in the first movie that they felt that they had to go as into particular subjects as deep into particular subjects as they did in the first one. But we already talked about dialogue. So Um, (laughs) those good things that they did really well, I think they did do exceptionally well. And another good thing I think they did exceptionally well is I think both Ethan Hawke and Delpy, uh, whatever her first name is. um, I think they both did really well in keeping the characters uh, between the last movie and this movie, especially Ethan Hawke. I think he, like, he even did the same, like, finger, man- like, he did the same mannerisms. Maybe it's, maybe they were just being themselves in both movies, which makes sense, but they kept the character very, cons- the character is very consistent between the two movies, which was well done. I also really liked how it was shot. Um, I think the way they, like, even that first scene where they're, where they're talking, walking down the street, um, I have in my notes, it was an Aaron Sorkin like walk and talk. Um, I mean, that was a good like three, four minute scene before it cut. Um, and they got in the tunnel and it kind of cut to the camera behind them instead of in front of them. Um, I, I, and it kind of continued with that. I, I, 
I think it's a good looking movie. Um, I mean, it's not as beautiful as some of these vast, sweeping, uh, more epic type movies that maybe we've reviewed in the past, whether it be uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or some others like that. But um, I think they framed everything really well. And um, like even kind of going into that hallway scene, they kind of walked at the right pace where it, it, it seemed like it was taking a long time for them to climb those stairs. It seemed like they, they weren't, they definitely weren't going fast. They were taking their time. And I liked that because it, it almost drew tension into the scene, right? Because he's going into the, into her apartment and that's, he's married. She's in a relationship. They have this past. And so I, I like how it almost kind of built a little bit of a tension there. Speaking of the, so going off of your guys is what they did. Well, I completely agree um, about all of it. And I think that the shots were like, we didn't get those um, sweeping shots of Paris, but I think that I liked that a lot. Like, I think we, I think I really enjoyed cause you kind of got to see all of the, the magical little things about Paris. Like you got to see a little tiny cafe that was um, maybe just something, a spot that only locals know about. Um, you get to see all these shots of just like these little random streets. You have no idea where you're at. Um, you get to see the shot of like the walkway up to her apartment. That's just beautiful. And it was just like, so I, I really enjoyed like the shots that they had. And I, I did also really enjoy, like you're talking about like the Sorkin type of walk. Um, the entire movie honestly kind of felt like, I mean, obviously it wasn't a one shot, but mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of went for that idea of like a one shot. Um, so I loved the way it was shot. Um, and I mean, yeah, I agree with all that for the most part, just building off of it. You'd see more of Paris in Midnight in Paris, but that's yeah, pretty I, I, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I disagree to the seeing a lot of, I, or at I, least, too. I think we saw way more of whatever's what were, where the fuck were they in the first one? Vienna. Vienna. But even then like the, no, but I think that they, I think we saw the like random the streets, parts. the random streets in the garden and this were, it was just, too little. I mean, it was the cafe. Oh, I it was the it. garden. It was the boat, and then it was her apartment and the car. Like, but what more do you need to see if you're just like, oh, I think that was like, I think that was gorgeous. I, I like, like it way better than in the first one. How they kind of showed it was again. The, it was trying to pack too many things in an hour. Like it was. Vienna was almost the third character in the movie. In the first one, I and agree. Paris in no way felt like a character in this one. No, it was a setting. It wasn't. Yeah, a char- yeah it wasn't. Mm. It was barely a setting, too. I'm really you proud could. of myself for saying that sentence. That felt very smart of it me. Did f- it was good. <laughs> I have no. I have a hard time rebutting your it, high so school it, English it teacher good, would give a thumbs up right now. <laughs> Fuck it yeah. was a good sentence you just spoke. Um, no, I think I don't know. I still I still really enjoyed because I think like. Um, I don't know. I, t- I try and think of like midnight in Paris and I feel like, I mean, I don't remember all the shots in that movie, but that you see more of the touristy idea or like the normal idea of what Paris is. This to me felt very natural about like walking around in Paris. And yeah, I but, think I liked but that a see, lot. My problem with that is that this could have been set anywhere. It's true. Yes. I actually thought it was in Vienna for, I mean like for a little bit, I mean, right off the bat, they said they're in Paris, but um, I thought it was going to be in Vienna and a lot of those shots, it could have been anywhere else. Hence it not being a character. Yes. And I, and that's why your sentence, really really, right. your, your sentence was really, your sentence was really smart. The reason brain. it was important that it was in Paris was because it set 
and she's uh, French. Yeah, she was French, and he would meet her. In yeah. France. No, I, I, your, your sentence was a smart brain sentence, and I can't argue it because when they were in Vienna, they went to like the bar, and you got to see a little bit more. Like Vienna definitely was more. Yeah, was a character. It was. It played a role in their story. Here, it could have been said anywhere, and it didn't matter. It could have been New York. You actually probably would have had better odds of noticing it was New York if it was the same thing in New York than noticing that this was in Paris. Besides it Notre Dame, been... which, by the way, they did call. Notre Dame did burn. Uh, oh, so, I made a note about it that. It begun. I did make a note about that. I just said, big oof, is all my note was. When she was just like, someday, or he said something like, someday that'll be gone. And I was like, big oof. Why did it burn? After two months' investigation that included the testimony of 100 witnesses, the Paris Public Prosecutor's Office announced in June that the leading theory was that the sparks that ignited the fire must have come from either an electrical short circuit or an improperly extinguished cigarette. Cigarettes are the real enemy here. They do smoke a shit ton in Paris. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how many people smoke in Paris. I'm pretty sure it's like... 50% 50% of under 20-year-olds, like or like of legal age under 20-year-olds smoke cigarettes. He did very casually light his cigarette with her cigarette. And they didn't smoke in the first movie. That was, that was uh, interesting. That's, a, that's a, a key that, that you pick that up with age. The stresses of life. I guess. Uh, okay. I, or last, living in Paris. Last note that I had about the movie was that as much as I am saying, talking about things that I liked about it, I absolutely hated the ending and the way it ended. Um, the entire time I was waiting, yeah, the ending. I was waiting. I was just like, I was so curious to see what the last interaction they were going to have was. And I was so happy with that last one where they hugged. And she said something like, I want to see if you'll turn to molecules or not. And he was just like, oh, well, I'm curious to find out. And they hugged. I thought that that was going to be a really good last interaction and kind of cap to this little Paris story. Um, and then the fact that they like kind of like they kept like, they feel like they kept extending it just a little bit longer. And I was like, uh, like, all right, we'll see a little bit more. Uh, okay. Right, whatever. I'll watch a little bit more. Like when he was like, Oh, I'll, I'll just walk you to your door. And it was like, okay. And it was like, Oh, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just hear one song. And I was like, uh, okay. And then they like go up there and she's like, Oh, do you want some tea? And I was like, Oh my God. Now they're having tea. And they're like, and she plays a song. And then he was like one more song. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. All right. When is this actually like, it felt like, they just didn't have a good ending for it. Um, and the last thing that they said to each other was, oh, you're going to miss your flight. And he just says, I know. And then this, and it goes to credits. I was like, that was, that was so poorly done. I don't know. It I was a really bad that. ending. Yeah, I hated it. Halfway through the movie, I was like, this needs to end really well. And then that, like literally after I said it, it improved. And then it went back down. And I was like, okay, it's back to territory of it needs to end really well. And then it ended the way it did. And I was like, well, and her song, I think about how we had that one night stand and I want to have sex with you so bad. And I've been thinking about how we had the sex so two times that could be it. And you want to have sex right now. And he's like, do you use Jesse and the song every time you sing it? And she's like, no, but no, I want to have yes. sex with you. And he's she like, said yes, looks like I'm going to be late for my flight. You made um, me think of the, I, I really liked the song. That's what I was going to end the podcast. Really? With. I did. I don't know why, but I, I, I really kind of did. Well, this, okay. No, okay. So did you know that the opening song was also her? Huh. Yeah, I like, I, 
only found that out because like right as it like started, I was just like, oh shit, I'm going to go pour myself some more wine because I'm in my feelings and all this shit. So I hit pause and it said that um, it like pulled up oh, the song Amazon title. Prime. Yeah. On yeah, Amazon Prime. It does the, what do they call that? X-ray. Yep. So um, in the song is called An Ocean Apart. Um, and it was by Julie Delpy. Anyway, uh, that opening song was good. Yeah, the opening song I was, was like, good. Oh, that's a nice way. To, I had no idea it was her. Yeah, so it's it actually her. My opinion of the song or her. You'll get to hear it at the end of this in the credits. Nope, we're <laughs> ending it with the waltz. <laughs> nope, we like that yeah, one more. No, we're ending it with the two waltz to one. Sounds like I'm just not listening to the end of this episode. You don't listen to any of our episodes. <laughs> I listen to half. I listen to before sunrise or sunrise. All right, let's move into some scores here. Um, Before Sunset, IMDb, 8.1 out of 10, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 90% on Metacritic. Um, I can go first before Sage eviscerates this movie with his score. Um, I'm actually going to give this movie the same score that Sage gave the first one. Um, I thought I, I, I liked the premise of it. I like how it started. The first 20 minutes were very well done, and that's 20, 40, 60. That's a fourth of it. So that a fourth of it was good, and I think it was shot very well. I liked the little song she played. That gives it a little bit of a bump as well. Um, so yeah, 70 for me. Yeah, I'm giving it a 60. I, it was. I, it actually dropped for me talking about it. I think I was going to give it a 70, and I was going to bump the first one up to like a 78. But after talking about it, I have no interest in watching this movie again, ever. I definitely don't ever want to have a conversation with Ethan Hawke or Peldy, whatever her name is. Julie Delpy. Too many words. Peldy. It's Delpy. Delpy. Peldy's funny, though. I like Peldy. It was... What is frustrating about it is it was set up for me so much better than before sunrise before sunrise was like on a whim romantical or magical romantic i love how that movie was set up i still love how ethan hawk's character just took that jump yeah see i like this this one felt deeper and better the way it was set up but the way it was followed through not nearly as good for me it was a flip-flop from the last one but the first one did way better so it's a 60 for me my first comment is, Sage, do you wish you would have scored the first one better now? No, actually, after we've talked about it, I'm very comfortable with keeping the first one at a 70 and at this a one at a 60. 70? Huh? Wow. I was just looking at other movies that you gave a 70. Captain Fantastic? Yeah, the last one is definitely on par with Captain Fantastic, and this really? one is definitely worse than Captain Fantastic. I'm caught between two scores on this one, guys. Um, oh, that's a first. I'm going to give this one a 75. I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't love it. I gave before sunrise a 90. I, I really like, I mean, we've all kind of said, I really liked before sunrise a lot more. Um, I think what really dropped this one actually for me was the ending. I thought it ended very poorly. Um, I think up until the ending, like had it ended 10 minutes sooner, um, before they went up to her apartment and sang the song and everything like that. Uh, I think I would have given it like an 80, um, I, I enjoyed, for the most part, most of the movie. Um, but the ending kind of shot it a little bit. And I think the fact that it was like it like before Sunrise already kind of set this bar um, and that it just didn't meet this bar and it was a little bit below it. Yeah, I think I was at an 80 until the end. Gave it a 75. I didn't, I, it was, 
it was fine. I'll, I would recommend these first two movies to anybody, especially the first one. But, um, yeah, I'm not, this, this one definitely makes me not curious to watch the third one at all. I, I could go the rest of my life without watching the third. I kind of hate you because on Letterboxd, they have, if you're a pro on there, which I am, I pay for it. Um, (laughs) they have a collection thing of, and like, it's a minimum of three movies. So now I have to watch the next one (laughs) to finish the collection. That's pretty funny. Because when it comes to movies, I'm a completist. Wow, but yeah. I'm What's funny is I would ratings, recommend the first, I would also recommend the first one, and it's very shocking to me at how high for me the overall ratings for both movies are, but more so that this one was rated higher than Before Sunrise. That's me too. even yeah, I, it, that doesn't make any sense to me. This one like, got the Oscar nomination. Yeah, yeah. Like that's just. I wild think that this was kind of a this got the Oscar nomination as a makeup for probably missing it the first time. They're probably like, "Oh fuck, we we slept on that movie the first time." It, yeah, it also heavily leaned on Before Sunrise for the for, for the buildup of the movie. Yeah, I think that this one kind actually, of actually like, for the whole movie. It, yeah, it definitely used Before Sunrise as a cl- or as a crutch for the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that is what helped its nomination is that it was like. Oh yeah, remember this other really good movie we watched or we made a couple like ten years ago? Yeah, you remember that us. one? Pity me, <laughs> please pity me. Give me an award. Which pity made me. me. It did make me. I, I really like. I mean, now that you I, I know you guys have said it many times, but that first scene where they're in the bookstore and it's replaying all of the shots from the original or from the first movie. Awesome, loved it. Yeah, it should have gone a different direction. I pretty much to sum I don't know this up. Different direction. Just like just like but. Ethan Hawke's teeth this trilogy got worse. Huh? What the fuck? This is really weird. I hate the Oscars now. Remember that question we posed before we went to break about why was this nominated in the adapted screenplay section? Yep. Making things even more confusing is the fact that adapted category is where all sequels compete by default before sunset and before midnight both ended up there because they were based on characters from 1995's Before Sunrise. The same is true for adapted screenplay nominee Toy Story 3 as a follow-up to original screenplay nominee Toy Story. So any sequel is an adapted? That's dumb. Even though the stories and scenarios of those films were completely original, the Academy counted the sequels as adapted because their characters had appeared in prior films. And while 2018 adapted screenplay nominee Logan is technically part of the long-running series X-Men movies starring Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, it also loosely adapts comic series Old Man Logan, making it both a sequel and an adaptation of sorts. Granted, Logan was really good. Logan was fucking incredible. I still yeah. haven't seen it. Oh, it's good. It's, it's, it's a heartbreaker. Um, it's good. Who yeah. the fuck directed that on? Um, James Mangold. Yeah, that was a re- that was probably the only X Men movie I really liked, honestly. Yeah, I haven't really. He, the director, also directed Walk the Line, and you like that movie? I love that movie. I just read that before sunset. I mean, they made bank on it, two point seven million dollar budget, and it I'm sure it was 16, a nostalgia thing. Gross. I bet people were like, ah, sequel to Before Sunrise. But it said and that they're like. Oh, it's not as good, but I'm going to say it's incredible because I love the first one anyways. It said that they had a hard time securing funding for this one. It took them a couple of years. Shocker. And Ethan Hawke had just divorced actress Uma Therma. 
a year Thurman. before. What? Thurman? Uma Thurman. Oh yeah, Thurman. There's Not Uma Therma. <laughs> Did you know Uma, the, the gal and I don't think things? I don't think he knows who Uma Thurman is. Do you know who Uma Thurman is? Yeah, she's the Bill Kill girl. Okay. I hate you. Um, she's all. Did you know that the gal in Stranger Things, Sage, that works with Steve at the ice cream shop? Yeah, it's is Uma Thurman's Uma daughter. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke's daughter. What? I never knew that Ethan Hawke was. Her name's Maya. Her name's Maya Hawke. Maya Hawk, that's a dope name, but that is a dope name. That's and she Maya, was good. Maya Hawk. You've had too Maya many Hawk. singing. Maya he, Maya Hawk, Maya who, Maya Hawk. Oh <laughs> that's pretty God. good. Get out of here. <laughs> I like that. All right, should we end this episode? Yeah, yeah. get it out of here. So that's going to be an average score of sixty-eight. Um, I think. I remember him. Yes, I've had, I've 68. I was correct. Uh, great math in my head, Jacob. And all right, folks, that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. We're also on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. And we would love for you to leave us a five star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. Just make sure they're all five stars. And if you don't remember when I broke your heart from not giving it five stars for before sunrise i'm gonna send you a letter saying i want to get back together in vienna and then i'm not gonna show up long-winded this but it was kind of there at the end that you're gonna leave them leave them hanging at the airport train station Um, here's my threat this is also gonna be kind of long-winded if you if you haven't noticed we sang a lot in this episode we're gonna turn (laughs) this into a musical podcast no if you don't leave us a five-star review please for the love of Jesus, leave a five-star review. That's, you know, yeah. That's Sage, it. you did just about as much singing as I did. Yeah, but it was clever and fun. That's not musical. Musical is overdrawn and boring. <laughs> I can't wait for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story that comes out in a month or two. I can't wait to not watch it. <laughs> no, we're watching it. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. Even tomorrow another My heart will stay yours until I die Let me sing you a waltz Out of nowhere, out of my blues Let me sing you a waltz About this lovely one night